This is the Agile Coffee Podcast, now a part of the Agile Podcast Network, a collection of the best Agile-centric podcasts in the universe, all in one place. You should check it out because in addition to the superb Agile Coffee Podcast, you can also hear Bob and Josh on the Metacast, Ryan Ripley, Agile for Humans. Corey has his Deliberate cast, which probes a lot of the ins and outs of what makes good product development. And then if you're interested in entrepreneurship and software development, check out Paul's Reflection as a Service. For more information, point your browser at agilepodcastnetwork.com or on Twitter, look up agilepodnet. Fun times, fun times. So this episode... Uh, we'll feature two guests and myself. The three of us together went back in in November of 2016. Uh, we all attended the Agile Coach Boot Camp, which is put on by the Agile Coaching Institute. Um, the boot camp itself is a five-day immersion for experienced Agilists. So the 30 of us in the cohort uh, all had a lot of tales from the workplace that we could share with each other and help learn um, help learn the concepts, uh, kind of based not only on our own experience, but that of the other participants in the five-day boot camp class. It was put on uh, by the folks at the Agile Coaching Institute. So in our case, we had Lisa Adkins and Michael Hammond, a.k.a. Doc. David Chilcott was there as well. And then we had two guest instructors, both from Solutions IQ, Aleem Dunsky and Katrina Ferguson. Alalia Lundy had gone through the course before, and she was there as an assistant. It was really great to have her, as well as everyone from the Agile Coaching Institute and the 30 of us uh, in the cohort. It was a really great time, and as you're going to hear in the upcoming episode 53 here, um, so much that we learned from each other and got to teach to each other as well. Now, before we get to that, I want to ask you for two things. First of all, many new listeners lately. Very happy about that. Um, if you haven't done so already, I'd ask a favor of you. Just go over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're getting your your podcasts from and, uh, and leave a review. It helps us out quite a lot. It gets other people aware of, of the podcast, the service that we provide, and um, and it lets me know anyway what kind of advice you would give or what your feedback is that I could use to make this show even better in the future. We're 53 episodes in, and I've learned a lot from you, and I hope to hear even more. Okay, time for your Scrum Gathering update, SGCAL from the co-chair. As you know, Kim Brainerd and I are co-chairs for the upcoming Scrum Global Gathering in San Diego. That's only four short weeks away. Can you guys believe it? Very happy, very pleased to announce that in addition to all the great things uh, going on, we've got Jeff Sutherland as our opening keynote speaker. We've got Afterburner, Joel Neeb, as the closing keynote. So that's going to pump up a lot of excitement as we close out uh, the gathering on Wednesday evening. But between those two keynotes, a whole lot of other fun things are in store for you. For example, on Monday night, we're announcing now the Monday Mingle 
is at the Wave House. It's just a short walk down the boardwalk. Uh, it's right on the beach. They've got a wave machine. There's going to be some semi-pro surfers kind of in there doing some tricks. Uh, Woody and the Longboards, a Beach Boys cover band, is is filling in for the entertainment for that evening. So that should be a blast. Tuesday is going to be a fantastic day in that we start off with five really dynamic keynote speakers. We've got Chris Lee, Ronica Roth, Brian Ponch Rivera, uh, Nigel Baker, and Sharon Bowman training from the back of the room. So Chris, Ronica, Brian, Nigel, Sharon, great, great set of mashup speakers. And that leads us right into the largest open space you will have ever seen. Well, speaking for myself... Uh, it should be about 1,500 people, so that means that Jake and Allison will have their hands full. And speaking of full, this year we have a media room. That's right, one room devoted entirely to media by anyone who wants to participate. So, for example, the Agile Coffee podcast may have some sessions set aside in the media room where we'll have a lean coffee, where we can get some some takes on what people have learned from the gathering, what they hope to learn, who they've met, that type of thing. And other people who have podcasts are welcome to come and use that room as well. It'll be off in its own space. We can close the door and control for sound and, and whatnot. So I think that's a great opportunity. It's something that the Scrum Alliance has not provided in the past, so very much looking forward to that. If you have not got your tickets yet, Sign up soon because tickets are selling out. Go to scrumalliance.org slash SGCal. We hope to see you there in San Diego. Finally, just before we launch into this, I just want to say, if you stick around to the end of this podcast, you're going to hear a quick snippet, a preview, if you will, a teaser for my next podcast. It's something that I'm working on that I've been thinking about for well over a year. And uh, I have the first episode just about done. And it will be launched very soon. So stick around. You'll hear a little bit about that. Now, on to the episode. Welcome again to the Agile Coffee Podcast. This is episode 53. My name is Vic Bonacci. You can reach me on Twitter at Agile Coffee. Today, I'm very happy to have two brand new guests to the podcast. I've got Amelia Breton-Lake and Barry Carden in the show today with us. So good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. So Barry and Amelia were um, participants with me uh, this past fall in uh, October, November of 2016 in the boot camp that's put on by the Agile Coaching Institute. It's actually two different classes put together for a five-day experience, and in our case, we were more or less out in the woods in Northern California. Uh, that's probably a good way to explain it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. So, um, as I recall, there was a, a two-day Agile facilitators course first, and then three-day, was it Coaching Agile Teams? Is that the name of it? Correct. Yeah. Yes. So I guess I'll just start off by asking both of you, and either of you can jump in, um, what drew you to um, to that experience? Like, how did you hear about it, and what made you go, oh, wow, I want to go? Well, I took the Agile Coaching Circle with the folks from Agile Coaching Institute probably about six years ago. And after that, I really wanted to take their coaches camp. Um, unfortunately, at my former company being a nonprofit, 
we never had the budget to do it. Mm. So it wasn't until I uh, jumped out on my own that I actually got the opportunity to go and take the course. Nice. I remember during the um, during the sessions you were saying something to that effect. How about you, Barry? How'd you hear about this? Uh, well, I had been aware of Lisa Atkins uh, for several years. I've read her book, and I was interested in taking one of her classes, but the stars never aligned in the past. But uh, then I realized she had this combined boot camp, so I can get a, a two-for-one, more or less. And mm-hmm. so I, I jumped at it, and I got permission through my company, that, so they sponsored that, which was great. <laughs> Made it a lot easier to get there, and... Uh, you know, I, I was, I'm pretty familiar with her stuff. I, I've seen training from her in the past, and uh, so I wasn't really expecting to learn a lot of new stuff, but I wanted to hear it straight from her because I've gotten it secondhand from people who've been to her classes in the past. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of what drew me is to ask directly with her. I think I'm uh, in the same boat as both of you. I'd, I'd, I'd known Lisa for a little while, um, seen her at conferences and through her book, and uh, I'd seen Michael Hammond's name around. I actually met him briefly earlier in the in the year at another event, and uh, Dave Chilcott and I go go back a bit as well. I've known him from the Agile Open, NorCal, and, and a few other events, um, the Agile Coach Camp. I believe he came down here for that as well. Um, so... It was on my radar. It was one of those things that, oh man, if I could do this, I'll I'll have made it as a coach, kind of thing, yeah. right? Because yep. <laughs> um, it's a it's a it's a small circle of people that are that are in this group. I mean, it's it's ever growing, but I, but actually, it, she said uh, through all of her classes, it's been five thousand people. Five thousand through all the classes. So the boot camp is some subset of that. If we don't know if it's a a thousand or still in the hundreds, but still. Um, it was one of those things where I thought, kind of like you were saying, Barry, it's like, I think I've been exposed to a lot of these principles and these things before, whether it's through her books or, or somewhere else. But, um, you know, just having them all presented at the at the same session, the same five-day experience, and with a cohort, there were 30 of us there. So 30 of us taking the class and another three presenters and, and some assistant presenters as well. So... Uh, so it was a small, uh, manageable group, but still a lot of great information being exchanged between all of us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amelia, you mentioned that you were also in the circle uh, in the past. Can you talk about that? What was that like? It was actually a really awesome experience because it was really small. I think there were probably six or eight total coaches in it, and we met once a week and had sort of a facilitated discussion. Our leader was David Chilcott. And then there were exercises that we worked on together inside the class and then between the classes. It was a really great growth opportunity for me not having had the Coaching Institute's uh, course prior to it. I think it's something I'll probably do again in the future now that I've got more of the skills that we learned in the course behind me. Uh, Mostly it was all about collaboration with other coaches and working together through a lot of things that you only experience if you are a coach. So it, it was awesome to have that sort of support system 
built in. Yeah, that and sounds... at the time I took it, mm-hmm. at the time I took it, I was a brand new coach. I'd gone from being a one team scrum master to heading our project management um, office and building that out, supporting, you know, four to eight teams. Oh, wow. So that came right at the at the perfect time for you then. Yeah. You can ask all kinds of questions. Hey, I'm I'm in over my head in this one area. Can someone throw me a life preserver? And they're like, yeah, yeah, do this, do that. Yeah, exactly. excellent. And that's really what the five days were like, too. I mean, obviously, we're not at the end of the day going back to our workplace and then coming back the next day. Um, but it was great that we were all at this camp, right, so that we could, you know, take a day full of learning, go back uh, to our room, kind of get a night's sleep in, come back the next day and be like, oh, wow, yeah, some of it sunk in or, hey, I've got more questions. And by the end of the five days, you've got plenty of opportunity to um, get these questions kind of surfacing and, and ask them and and as well as like forming bonds with each other, getting to know each other, um, you know, developing a sense of safety and trust in, in the whole experience, everyone that's there, um, so that you're really not afraid at all to to ask any questions. And, and the leaders really did that too. They kind of took ample opportunity to kind of pause for refle- for us to reflect and uh, and ask for questions. Is there anything that came up over the last few days that we want to revisit? I had a lot of the most amazing conversations at um, lunch and dinner and the break. Let's, let's talk about that a bit. Like, cause a lot of times like the best conversations do happen in those exact scenarios. So not every boot camp is at the same location, but ours happened to be at the, uh, was it the Marconi conference yeah. center? Is that right? Um, which is about, 40 minutes north of San Francisco um, in a very kind of secluded area. There was a, there were a few other um, kind of campgrounds along the way, but this is a, a campground, again, a, a few lodges um, set on a hill overlooking a bay that was pretty quiet and, um, and offered a lot of kind of opportunity for peaceful reflection <laughs> or for small conversations like breaking out because uh, there's a few trails that you can take. And then once you get there, um, there's what, like inside there are like six big tables where you can sit down or you could sit down outside. And the food was, was served very caringly, very lovingly. Is that the right word? Um, mm-hmm. with, uh, uh, with really great ingredients and, and the, our chef came out and introduced every dinner. She, she introduced what was in the meal and, and it made you really feel like, wow, this is, there's a lot of care going into, not only the 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 content of the training that we're going to get, but like the meal, the the thought that went into selecting this location, um, just made for an all around great experience. Where coming back to what Amelia said, you can have these um, opportunities to have just wonderful kind of discussions that pop up out of nowhere, and you're not constrained by you know, oh, we've got to get here at this time, or, hey, can we find a, a small, quiet place to talk? Because you're surrounded by a place to talk. Yeah, Vic, I remember at one point I was on the hill overlooked behind the mess hall, and you came walking up. You were on a hike, and you came <laughs> up, and, and you just said, man, I'm going to miss this. This is great. And we're looking out on the bay. It was just a beautiful moment. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh that's fortunate that they um they kind of planned it that way where you're 
inspired anywhere you look, and and you can just kind of take that opportunity to to be very reflective on on what you're learning. So let's talk about some of the concepts, some of the um, the teachings, the specific things that we covered in the class. Um, maybe focusing on or starting rather with the the facilitation class, which was two days. What were some of the takeaways that that you guys got from that? I think actually the thing I learned most uh, from facilitation was one of the after hours courses that happened, um, which was visual facilitation and the idea that anybody could draw. Uh, Klaus, who was one of the other participants, one evening just said, anybody who wants to do this, you know, come down and I'll show you what it's all about. And it was amazing. I am somebody who is not, uh, I don't consider myself artistic or a good drawer. Um, but just the little techniques that he taught really have turned my flip charts into something a lot more interesting than some words scribbled on a piece of paper. So for me, that was amazing. Yeah, I, I caught the very last part of the session as well. And um, people were laughing, having a good time. Uh, they were all showing me their artwork whenever I'd come come through the room. Hey, look at this. Look what I drew. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Definitely very nice that Klaus provided that for us. <clears throat> Going back to the facilitation session, I remember that we had, uh, you know, they provided a framework where they would say, here's here's what you do before a meeting. Here's the uh, the during the meeting, you know, kind of the opening, the, the doing of the work and the closing. And then here's the after the meeting. Here's what you do. So the topics themselves weren't um, necessarily anything new. We've been kind of doing that if we've been facilitating in the past, but just by the fact that they put all of them together in the two-day course and that they had us practice with um, with kind of the scrum meetings as a framework, kind of as, as a practicing ground, it made, it put everyone on the same page. Some of the other uh, tools and topics had to do with dealing with dysfunctions. Um, and that's that's one thing that I've been bringing back to the office too is how to identify and then um and then work with people who are exhibiting dysfunctional behavior like behavior that's not conducive to group collaboration i actually brought that back to my teams as well and i paired that up with the conflict dynamics model that uh, we went through remember the quadrant that was on the floor with uh, i can't remember the names of different quadrants right now uh, it was like active and passive, and yeah, they had um, that was the constructive versus destructive, and like you said, That's active and passive. Yeah, right. That was another yeah. One. But yeah, I love how they did that. How they put blue painters tape on the floor and just have everyone kind of move around the space and occupy one area. And I think they assigned us at random for that case. They said, okay, if you're in the the passive constructive area, how does that behavior kind of show itself, manifest itself? Right. Um, yeah. So I brought that activity to one of my teams and put it out on the floor and talked through it similar to how we did in the boot camp. And then I paired that up with the dysfunctional personas, which went pretty well. I mean, people identified with it and they were laughing mm -hmm. at uh, snarky Sandra and, and technical Tim or whatever the name Negative is. Negative Ned. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good stuff. I think one of the great things that did come out of the facilitation was creating your meetings in a way that you keep people engaged, doing things like 
getting up and using the physical space and movement to help bring a concept up as opposed to just using a whiteboard or a uh, PowerPoint. Yes. And that's something that I think most scrum masters and agile coaches, you intellectually know, but making the time for it in your day-to-day meetings often doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was a really good reinforcement. Well, along those lines, one big takeaway I had was they always had two people at the front of the room, 100% of the time. They always paired up. Yeah. And it's an interesting concept. I don't usually take that approach, but I'm trying to do more of that. I felt like it flowed really smoothly when they did it. Yeah, we don't always have the luxury to do yeah. something like that, <laughs> yeah. but but it's it's one um, it's one really powerful tool. I know I've been kind of researching and speaking on pair coaching for a while, and, and that's something that yeah I, I made notes of throughout. Um, and you're right, Barry. They always had two people, which was which was really great. That way, they can kind of role play for our benefit, and one person can take one role and the other the other role. Um, or they could have kind of one person leading the discussion and the other person kind of observing that leader's behavior, delivery, that type of thing, and, and kind of helping them course correct if they needed to. Um, Absolutely. Maybe helping with supplies, helping watch the time, that type of thing. So, yeah, it was it was really good stuff. Um, that's something that you could do, too, um, even though I said – you know, it's it's hard because we don't have the luxury of two coaches or two scrum masters together all the time. But but you can always pair up if you needed to with um, someone else from your team, especially if you have someone on your team who's kind of taking uh, – has maybe a curiosity or an eagerness to get more involved with kind of what's it mean to be a scrum master. Um, you can pair up with your product owner if you're a scrum master and, and a product owner is available. Um, there are opportunities, but – but we're not always aware of them. Uh, so having seen, you know, the people from the Agile Coaching Institute pairing up all the time just kind of makes you uh, more aware of it. You're kind of more um, in tune with the benefits of it. So, yeah, definitely a cool thing. Good observation. I, I think it might also help to reinforce uh, one of the things I work a lot with the teams I'm working with on is XP um, and software craftsmanship practices. Nice. And one of the things we emphasize a lot is pair programming and that you can pair with somebody who's not a developer. Right, right. So it makes a lot of sense to bring that into the coaching side as well. You can pair with somebody else who's not a coach. And that's usually a good thing, too, because they're coming at it with a beginner's mind, right? So they're coming at it and kind of asking questions. Why are you doing it that way? And not necessarily to throw rocks at your process, um, but rather they're just curious. Why is it done that way? And you get to reflect on why am I doing it that way, and and maybe you can improve on ways that you're you're coaching or teaching that way. So what else do we want to talk more about the experience or or anything how it's changed us? Uh, I think one of the first things you mentioned was what our expectations were going in, but then what was the actual experience? Mm. Was it what we thought it would be? Yeah. I think it far exceeded mine. I went in sort of expecting to get some tips and tricks and learn some more formalized ways of doing things because I'd been a coach for six years when I went in. So it was, I thought it would be very helpful, but helpful in that just learning some new uh, techniques kind of a way. 
But for me, it was really sort of life-changing in that I wish I had had the course six years ago when I started coaching. Yeah. It would have... It would have smoothed over so many hard knocks and bumps that I've been through uh, with the teams I was working with had I just had some of the the thought processes that came through the course. Right. Um, and there were things I sort of intellectually knew that, uh, like, I at the moment I say I'm a recovering fixer. <laughs> In that a lot of times I would not want to let my teams fail. So I would jump in and, you know, have a solution and sort of save, quote unquote, the situation. Um, and I knew that that was not something that was great for long-term growth. Mm-hmm. But the day-to-day execution of making sure that what needed to happen got done tended to override that. Uh, and that was one of the things that really has changed me as a coach after taking the class. Now, no. I don't jump in to, you know, give the solution. Great. The um, Amelia, just to offer another viewpoint on that, would you be where you are today if you had this right up front in your career six years ago? I would suggest that having to go through the the hard work has gotten you to where you are. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think I would have. I think it would have been smoother, to yeah. be honest. The, 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 there are a lot of things um, that I've worked through that, if I could have reached into sort of some of the tool bags that we learned and pulled that tool out it would have gotten over the pain a lot quicker. Uh, I'm not saying that the pain wouldn't have happened, but it would have moved a lot smoother. Um, some of the organizational dynamic stuff that Doc talked about in his enterprise session, mm. as far as, you know, understanding what kind of organization you're in um, and adapting to that, I think... I spent a really long time fighting with an orange organization mm-hmm. to move into green. Um, and, you know, sometimes orange is what you are. And you just find a way to operate within that. Um, and not fighting that. Or recognizing more that it is, it is what it is, I guess. Um, yeah. I think would have solved a lot of the uh, a lot of the hard knocks that took a long time to get to that place. If I had sort of that knowledge and that skill going into it to be like, oh, okay, all right, that sounds good. Yeah, I'd love to explore more of the organizational, of the integral theory that Doc was talking about. It's definitely an interesting area, different, uh, interesting viewpoint that they're bringing to Agile. Yeah, yeah, and I know that um, ACI does offer kind of integral wizardry camp or something along those lines. I can't remember what it's called, but um, I think it's only once a year they offer that course, uh, and it's something that's very new. Um, as you said, it's something that sounds very appealing to to me and you know the three of us. So, 
look for that. <laughs> Maybe we'll see each other oh, yeah. there kind of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Another me, tool that I loved yeah. was the journey lines. Mm. Talk about and that. And I've used those. Talk well, about, I've yeah. used them. The journey line is basically sort of how did you get to where you are. Um, and I found it's really awesome when working with new teams and getting folks up onto sort of a shared understanding of each other. Yeah, yeah. To work better together. Um, I've used it with some of the scrum masters who I'm coaching. And not only has it helped me understand where they're at in their journey uh, pretty quickly, but I think it's also helped them to understand where they are and why they're there. So that's one of the tools that I think is awesome. Yeah. Journey lines is great. Yeah, all those activities that they gave us throughout the class were fantastic. Mm -hmm. For me, uh, as I said before, I was pretty familiar with the material coming in, and I just wanted to hear it in one place from Lisa. And what – how do I put this? What I didn't expect coming out of it was the group dynamic that we had there, Mm. you know, we, we kind of talked about the hero's journey at one point in the boot camp mm-hmm. where you're all on this journey together and, and you bond over this thing that you're doing and you come out the other side stronger. Uh, that hadn't even occurred to me going into it that I would bond with these, uh, what was it, 30 people or so. Yeah. Uh, but since the class two, three months ago, I've talked to various people in the class pretty much every day. I mean, there's a group of people that I'm in continuous contact with. And I kind of look at it like you go to law school or you join a fraternity or sorority, and then you have your lifetime bonds, you know, networking bonds with those people. But we got that in five days. Mm. And I feel like I'm going to know you guys for a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got a a Slack channel where a lot of people participate. And uh, in there, we've also got a, a... group of people who are kind of doing the book club are either of you involved with that sure we're meeting every two weeks there, there's usually between four and six of us on any given week and it's been a great experience to sort of read through material that we had all read prior to the course but rereading it after the boot camp experience really sheds a different light on a lot of the material from lisa's book so it's it's a good experience It also, there's a lot of times where we're talking about the book, but talking about the things that we're facing inside our own engagements Mm -hmm. and what we're working through there, which has been awesome. We have different, uh, obviously all from different organizations and sort of different views as to the types of teams and the types of coaching that we're doing. So it's one of the sort of two different, uh, it sounds a little weird, but coaching tribes that I found myself a part of after leaving the boot camp. Oh, nice. That's a really great way to put it. It's it's like one of the new tribes that you have because it's exactly right. You're, there's only six of you in there right now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, we had this, this larger tribe of 30 of us and we kind of got to know each other pretty well there but now you're you're meeting more regularly with a with a smaller group and you're kind of diving deeper into some topics you're mm-hmm. sharing what's what's personal what's working for you this week and then 2 weeks later you come back and you report on it that's that's yeah. pretty cool and because you've done the uh 
the circle in the past with with the uh, the ACI group with David Chilcott, uh, you kind of are just experienced with that type of communication style, like you're communicating over over Skype or something like that. I'm guessing. Do you guys in the in the reading course? Do you have any action items other than just read the next few chapters for next time? Or um, our main thing is read the next set of chapters, and then we sort of discuss what we read in the last part and how it affects our teams and our mm. groups and what challenges we have that sort of relate to that chunk of material. Yeah, good. So I guess it's kind of implied, read the next few chapters and then come prepared to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. And it's really helped. I have, I have a stack of agile books that I've been meaning to read just as soon as I have time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and it helps hold you accountable for making that time to go right. through it. And then having someone to bounce those ideas off, which has been awesome. We have a backlog of books. So <laughs> when we get close to them, probably this meeting or the next one, uh, we will vote on what the next book will be cool. using, you know, basically the dot voting. Nice. From, uh, so if someone uh, else tells you, oh, or you tell someone else, hey, I just went to this camp and they're thinking, wow, I, I was thinking of going to the camp, but I don't know. Like, is it something well, you'd recommend or? So on my release train in my office, we have about seven or eight scrum masters and I'm the only person who has gotten to go to this boot camp. So when I returned, I shared the class with everyone in terms of just telling them high level, what, what was it about? What sort of activities do we do? What was the experience like? And pretty much everybody who I've talked to has said, I really want to go. <laughs> I, need to, I have to convince the powers that be to fund it. Uh, so I'd say if you tell it to someone, there's a good chance they're going to want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, what I've taken away is, is kind of surprising to me, is I'm really enjoying teaching and sharing things from this class. I've never really been strong on the teaching side. It's just not something that has grabbed me in the past. But having shared this boot camp, I'm realizing I'm really enjoying sharing the activities and and helping people grow through the content in the class. I'd say the content is amazing, but being in the sort of retreat setting uh, that they use for the boot camp makes a huge difference. I don't know that I could have gone home after sort of the intense uh, emotional sort of day that you end up with when you're really digging deep into these concepts uh, within yourself as a coach and your teams and really reflecting on all of this and been able to sort of be on in my life. Yeah. Having the ability to really sort of have the time to process this mm-hmm. you know every day as soon as class got out before dinner i would go down to the ocean and just kind of sit great. and reflect um and i think that having sort of that space to process is super important and mm-hmm. then the conversations and the bonds that you make in the not course time mm-hmm. have been one of the biggest takeaways uh, I talk almost every day to somebody from the course. Oh, that's great. Uh, right. I don't know about you guys, but 
when I returned back home, I needed two or three days to decompress and mm. just process everything. It was an emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in a similar spot. It was huge as far as just everything. I, I, I can't even describe how sort of transformative it was and how much it was like, this, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's, so there's one thing I took away that I'm going to maybe be paraphrasing. I don't know if I got this quite right because I didn't write it down. But at the very end when we had the big circle up in the lounge room and we each had a moment to say one thing to feel closure before we leave. Yeah. And Lisa said something that I'm probably not going to get this right, but she said along the lines of we're, uh, we agilists are here to change the world for the better. And the corporations that we work for are just the grounds to practice on. And that has stuck with me more than maybe anything else. You know, realizing that it's more than just business. This is about improvement and doing things in a healthy way. That's a good note to end on, <laughs> I have to say. Um, if there's any, any last things you want to say, feel free to jump in. But otherwise... Um... I'm just going to take this opportunity and thank both Barry and Amelia for joining me today. So Barry Carden can be reached on Twitter at Balancing Agile. Amelia Breton-Lake is on Twitter at Emmy Breton. That's E-M-I-B-R-E-T-O-N. I'm going to have links to all ways to get in touch with us as well as any um, any links to materials or books that, that we mentioned here in the podcast can be uh, found on my website. So that's agilecoffee.com slash episode 53. Um, and yeah, once again, it was really a pleasure having both of you guys on today. Uh, you know, first time to be on the podcast. Hopefully we can get you on yeah. for another episode down the road. We'd love to. Awesome. All right. It was great to hear from you guys again. I'd love to talk more often. All right. Yeah. So thanks for listening and remember to enjoy your coffee with friends. Hi, I'm Vic Bonacci, host of the Agile Coffee Podcast. I'm here to announce my new show, Path, a journey to understanding the role of servant leadership. I decided to start Path because we live in an age where leaders are portrayed as selfish and not concerned with the needs of their constituents. I'm interested to hear about how leaders chose their vocations, how they were called into service of other people. For me to understand what Robert Greenleaf called servant leadership, I want to discover what influenced these leaders, how they got to where they are in their careers, and what they're moving toward on their own paths. This show is going to feature conversations with people who tend to people's needs and become leaders in the process. Please subscribe via iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I look forward to serving you as we walk along our path. <laughs>